Hey, welcome to episode 19 of The Golf Show. I'm Chris Bradfield, your host at Golfing.fm, and I got a new guest, got Mr. David Ogren. Hey, David. Hey, Chris. How you doing? Doing well. Thanks for coming on. Oh, my pleasure. David's the director of instruction at Three Crowns here in Casper and was a touring pro for quite a while, so I'm excited to talk to him about the week of golf. Yeah, it was an interesting week. It's a it's a fun week on the PGA Tour because they're playing the Byron Nelson Colonial back-to-back, and that always meant you got Cadillacs for the two weeks, which is a lot of fun. <laughs> nice. The perks of the tour life. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's your, your part of the world still down in San Antonio. So, yeah, they're uh, doing the Texas swing and then what, on to the, the Memorial. Memorial. Yeah, Tiger's next win, Memorial. Mirfield Village, he's tough around there. <laughs> Man, from, uh, you know, it, it's so fickle, the media. Tiger, I mean, what, a year and a half ago, he was never going to come back, and he was mentally damaged, and now he's the best thing that's ever lived again. Well, I think he's still mentally damaged, and and, uh, and if we had a chance to talk to him just really deep and personally, I think his world is still shook up. He's still, you know, working through the, the Lindsey Vaughn, the kids, the, uh, the Elon thing. But his golf is much better. I think he's in a really good place golf-wise. It's showing in his golf game. Yeah. But, you know, guys like you and I, we're still not going to think he is playing his best golf until he, you know, gets at Marion and, and, and wins a, wins over there in Britain or wins a PGA again or wins another Masters. Yeah. Um, it sounds so. like Marion's going to fit in well, take the driver out of his hands. Well, he's, he's, the, best. he's the best if you don't have to use driver. But even at uh, San Diego, you know, where it's a driver golf course, you know, he did pretty good until Sunday. And I actually kind of think Sunday he was jacking around a little bit. He had such a big lead. Yeah, <laughs> pretty nice to be on tour, able to win like that. Yeah, he's impressive. It's uh... So he's been in the news this week. What do you think about the Sergio controversy? I don't think anything of it. I, I think, you know, the whatever whatever happened on the second hole at Saturday at TPC is two weeks ago. Um you know, and Sergio said whatever he said. He has no idea how what the fried chicken comment means. He's not from the United States. He he doesn't know that there's any connectivity there. He just remembers that Fuzzy might have said it a long time ago. Well, that's what I thought. But then just he, comes, he, he comes out and says, oh, I, I didn't even know about the Fuzzy comment. I was 17, and I didn't know about it. Somebody just apprised me of it this morning. and I, that uh, He had to have known of it, or he wouldn't have said it, exactly what you said. Yeah, I, um, you know, it's just one of those things where uh, being Americans, you know, we're, we're cognizant of that and we're aware. He's Spanish. Uh, no. They, I, ha- they have different issues over there. I mean. He I, was I still, just being flippant. And it was a flippant question, too. I mean, they yeah. asked him, you know, is, are you guys going to have dinner <laughs> during the U.S. Open? Well, of course not. But course what, not. what uh, you know, I mean, when Fuzzy said it, it was malicious and racist. I mean, <laughs> when he said it, and tell him, uh, you know, next year he better not have fried chicken and collard greens or whatever they eat. I mean, that was, <laughs> that, yeah, that was inflammatory. But what uh, what Sergio said, like like you said, I thought it was just something that you know he'd heard uh, Fuzzy say. But then he comes out and said, "No, I didn't even know Fuzzy had said it." So yeah, well, I, I, I just I just got this sneaky feeling that uh, T- Tiger's enjoying the fact that he's in Sergio's head. I mean, they were tied with two holes to go, and, and, and you know, Tiger did what he had to do, and Sergio fell apart. I, I, I d- it was really shocking. I mean, I yeah. guess it should, I shouldn't have been shocked, but I thought once he knocked it on 16 and 2 and an easy two-putt birdie to tie, he'd just make his two pars, and we were going to have an awesome playoff. I was really looking forward to a Tiger-Sergio playoff, and uh, 
to take on that flag at 17, just such a sucker pin. I mean, he, he, well, he said it himself. He said, well, I started flushing it and I just thought I could stuff it in there and he went for it. Yeah. Well, it's ancient history now. Let's, let's let it go. It's, Excuse me, let's get on the business about uh, enjoying golf, watching the next event, and um, carry on from there. Yeah, that's what Tiger said. Well, or Steinberg said, whoever writes his tweets. Right, exactly. <laughs> said, let's get on with golf. Exactly, exactly. Poor Sergio, but uh, talking to Pop earlier this morning, he said Sergio had already missed a couple four-footers over at the at Wentworth. So it's, uh, he's fragile at best. Oh, and I want to like Sergio, you know, I feel bad, you know, I hate it when he spit in the cup of Doral and he's had his problems, but he, he is exciting and a great ball striker. And, you know, I don't know. He just keeps uh, stepping on his own foot. Yes, he does. Poor Sergio. So what else do you want to talk about this week? How about the anchoring ban? Well, <clears throat> this affects me personally, but, um, uh, you know, the guys who putt with long putters and anchor, um, guys such as, um, um, uh, Bernard Langer, Ernie Els, Webb Simpson, those guys, they'll just keep putting with their putter. They'll just keep putting with the long putter until, um, until the PJ tour and the senior tour tell them not to. Exactly. And, uh, then they'll switch to a short putter. Yeah. I guess that's the, that's the bottom line is, uh, they'll have to adjust, but you know, th- there's some guys that are just adamant. I mean, Tim Clark coming out and saying he's going to have to take legal action. I mean, it's the rules of the game. I don't, I don't see why they think they have a, a case. Well, you know, if, if you want to continue putting with an anchored putter past January 1, 2016, you're going to have to take some sort of action. Um, I don't think the fight is worth it, personally. It's going to take some uh, a toll out of you mentally, physically, and financially because you have to pay the attorneys to go fight it. Now, I'm sure Tim Clark thinks that's worth it, but, you know, we'll see. Uh, well, I know they, they were even saying, you know, Tim Clark says that he's got that problem with his elbows where he can't, you know, put his forearms up. Um, and they said, well, we're not saying you can't use the method. You just can't anchor it. I mean, he can use the same putter, just put it an inch off his chest. Yeah, and, you know, there's going to be this little gray area where there's going to be some policemen looking at an anchored putter, and he's going to... Uh, Notice the top hand brush the uh, the shirt or something, and, and how they're going to legislate that, I don't know. Right. Well, I mean, there's a lot of gray rules in golf. It's intention, you know. Exactly. You know, are you putting it against you or aren't you? I mean, I think if it brushes against you, I don't think that's intense. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I mean, I, I think the rule's good. I think it should be outlawed. I mean, we talked about it last summer. I really liked your explanation of the hinges. I don't know if you want to run through that. Well, uh, you know, mechanically speaking, <clears throat> excuse me, mechanically speaking, when you putt with an anchored putter up against your chest, like I do the very long one, you only really have one hinge, and that's your right shoulder or whatever your you know pushing hand is. When you anchor the belly putter, you bring a couple extra hinges into play, um, the elbows and a little bit of the wrists. And then when you hold a putter conventionally, your, your shoulders, your elbows, and your wrists are all in the play, so you have to control them. So mechanically, I think there's an advantage with a long putter. But I think even more important, Chris, is that guys like myself, the reason why we use the long putter is not so much that we might make more putts or, or so much that's a mechanical advantage, is there's less drama mm-hmm. in our putting. There's just less drama. And, it and is. So, it's just more stable. I think your hinges yeah. is exactly right. There's just less to control. It's simpler. Yeah. I mean, putting with the belly putter that I have the past – 
off and on three four it's actually pops old 1998 you know mid odyssey one of the you know first belly putters um but i've never felt more comfortable over four and six footers i mean it's just easier to stay still easier to hit the ball in the center of the club face easier to bring it back so i think it is a crutch well, it, you know, a little, little bit, but um, I'm still going to teach beginning putting with the long putter because I think it's the fastest way to get proficient. And then it's um, interesting to bring that up because that was one of the USGA and RNA's points. I think is you see a kid like Guan coming yeah. in with the belly putter, so it's obviously the future of the game, and they want to stop it now. Well, now after 40 years, well done. <laughs> I think it should have been. Uh, <laughs> I, I guess they, they were forced now that what four out of six majors have been won with an anchored putter. I guess so. Hey, were, were you um, aware of Charlie Owens growing up? Um, you grew up in Florida, didn't you? I did. Yeah, Charlie Owens was kicking around Florida a long time ago. He sort of is credited with inventing it, and you know he was a kind of a unique golfer. And that's a long time ago now for Charlie. Yeah, no, I wasn't aware of him. How did he? What was his method? Well, well, he he was he's um he he played the tour some, and he actually played cross-handed. He had a fused knee. He had all. He's kind of legendary. Mm-hmm. You can even ask Pop about him next time you talk to him. But, um, you know, Charlie invented this long putter that helped him immensely. And then Orville Moody uh, mm-hmm. kind of figured it out about 83 or 84. And then he went on to have a really good uh, initial uh, Champions Tour, Senior Tour career with a long putter. So, um, you know, that goes back, well, that's at least 30 years. And probably Charlie Owens is uh, 40 years ago. Uh that uh, he was using something like this. No, it's definitely not new, but, uh, yeah, definitely the news of the day. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think they've, I like the idea of one rules. I mean, I think it's important for the game. I mean, what other game can an amateur compare themselves to the pros or even play against them with handicap and compete? I, I hate the idea of bifurcation. I don't think we should have two sets of rules. I think everybody just needs to get in line and support them. I mean, the USGA and RNA have both done a tremendous job over the years, so... Um, I don't see any reason, do you, for the uh, pro game to to bifurcate the rules? Well, no, I don't. Not, not uh, I think eventually the the PGA Tour will will follow in line with the United States Golf Association, as will the European Tour, Japan Tour, all the other major tours. Yeah, my guess is the tour will make it. Uh, you know, they're not in that fiscal year now, so when it starts in October, they'll probably do it October of fifteen to start the year the same. I know I don't think so. I think they'll just go with what the USGA does. Just use January one and absolutely. But uh, you know, uh, we've been down this road before in the PGA Tour, where there has been a movement to um, set our own rules. I mean, and uh, to this point, I think the rules of golf, as they're written by the USGA and RNA, are sufficient to cover it. Uh, you and I both know that on a daily basis, at places like Three Crowns. Um, here in Casper, you know, the average guy in the street, he could care less about the rules. <clears throat> His rules are, you know, don't, 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 don't drive the cart in the deep grass and where's the cold beer rules, and right? Maybe hit one ball a hole. Yeah, maybe. Right. So, I mean, you know, for golfers in general, the golf, the game, golf, the, uh, the business, fine. Golf, the sport, what we see on TV and stuff, it should all be the same. I agree. So going back to Texas, who you like at the colonial this week? Well, you know, Colonial's position golf course, and, uh, you know, I don't know who's been really hot other than Tiger. Uh, you know, if Billy Horschel gets back on his uh, uh, game a little bit after the disaster at TPC, somebody like Billy is a really good fit. Zach Johnson's a perfect fit for the golf course. So is Jim Furyk. Yeah, Zach's uh, been playing good this year. Yeah, and, and he you know, watched him play, but he's a good pick. 
Well, you know, we're on the tenth anniversary of Annika's um, appearance at Colonial, and yeah, she could not have she could not have picked a better course for somebody of her talent to play in the PGA Tour because it's not super duper long, physically demanding. Right. Yeah, it's supposed to you know classic track, and yeah, I like Horschel. That's a good call. He's been uh, spending some time down in Sea Island with his coach. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, he, he was he was my pick for the TPC, and then he shot a billion. No, so he was close to the cut. He just blew up on eighteen. He was right there. He should have mm-hmm. made the cut, and then didn't he hit it in the water or something on eighteen? And I don't know. Yeah, he was he was right. He was right around even, and I think he took a triple on eighteen to miss the cut. But yeah, yeah, no good pick, a Jacksonville kid, fellow Florida Gator. Yeah, well, you Gators. Yeah, somebody's got to do it. Camillo's yeah. had flashes again this year. Hopefully, he gets his stuff back together. He's good for the tour. I think you know Latin America. It's good to have a Colombian, you know, in the top ten. I mean, they're in what was it, two thousand eight, when he won the BMW and right. finished second in the uh, what the FedEx Cup and right, right. All, that was that all was of a good. Completely lost it. Well, yeah, I, I I think when you have some success on the tour like that, you have an unrealistic expectation of what that means. Yeah, um, you know, and 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 Camillo is a great talent, good kid, great you realize player. He's super smart, and I think that's one of his problems. He overanalyzes everything, and I think he just tried to keep getting better and started going away from what got him there. Maybe so. He, uh, you know, he's the one that always says, uh, "Oh, just keep it simple, stupid." I kid his, his see ball, hit ball. He's got to really talk to himself about not trying to get right. too analytical. Exactly, but yeah, he came to Florida. He came to the University of Florida, not speaking English, and picked it up and got straight A's, and yeah, got cut and became a real good player. That's <laughs> <laughs> what he did. That's all I did: is books and work out and play golf. There you he, go. He, he was a year ahead of me. I hit it in his fairway one time. He threw my ball back. That's about as close as I got to him. Yep. Well, don't hit it in his fairway. Exactly. He had a good arm. He threw it. He threw it hard. Yeah, good. So last week we had the Byron Nelson. I had Sangmoon Bay at the beginning of the year in my fantasy lineup. And? Going into the Masters, I had this real good feeling that Russell Henley was going to do well, so I traded him. Uh, and? So, so now I've had both Russell Henley and Sangmoon Bay in my lineup, but neither during their wins. a boy. So that's cost me a couple million. It, it, so, it sounds to me like, uh, you know, you got like it, my investment strategy down, you know, buy, buy high, sell low. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's the way my investment life has been. And, you know, you play fantasy sports. The, the one time I attempted it, I, I made every wrong move. So I, 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 got out of, I got out of fantasy sports and stayed with real sports. It's something. Pop and I, it's uh, one of his friends down in Stewart, sets up a deal at their country club. And it's like yeah. 67 guys and. Yeah, you can win. I don't know. The winner pays, I think, almost three grand. But they, uh, so all 67, I think they pay out like 18. I'm sitting like 15th right now, and Pop's like 55th. And we have a very similar strategy. So it is just <laughs> just who you pick. Yep. Last year, what happens is you get a uh, a stipend, say like $5 million, I think it is. And every player has a value. Mm-hmm. So last year, we went with stars for him. You know, he had Woods, Fowler, Scott, and... Westwood, right, and it was a terrible year. He was he where he is now. If he would have had them this year, he would be right at the top. Yeah, well, Adam Scott finally gets his major. Good on him. Um, I don't know if you caught any of my thoughts on Adam Scott, but if you go watch the tape of him winning the 2010 uh, Texas Open, no, yeah, he won the 2010 U.S. Open, uh, Texas Open. But if you watch his putt on 18, 72nd hole. 
you can see why he's using an anchored putter. He was jittery, wasn't he? It wasn't very pretty. No. And, uh, you know, he still wins the tournament. So, you know, now with the anchored putter, he really should have two majors under his belt. Oh, yeah, he gave away the British last he, year. He did cough that up a little bit. But um, still, I mean, that's how good he is. And uh, so somebody like Adam Scott will, will have to relearn regular putting at the right time. Until then, I think... Uh, well, and you've yeah. seen pictures already. Yeah. He's been on the practice screen every week. He's over there at the Scotty bag looking at different stuff. Sure. So. I'm sure I'm sure he and Scotty will go to the studio and they'll figure something out. So you think they'll all go to just a conventional putter? You don't think he'll go to, you know, a 44-inch instead of a 46 or whatever? No. No, I think, I, think, I think when push comes to shove, the alternative to anchoring is just be regular. You just got to figure out your best way to do that. You think you'll have guys like Longer and them quit? No. I think the, he, he likes golf too much. That they guy like plays golf. a lot of tournaments. You know, and, and you know, may, maybe he's miserable because, you know, he's been there before with the ups and he's figured out a way to do it before. Uh, I remember at Augusta, I'm holding his forearm with the other hand, and he had all sorts of crazy grips. Yeah, he's got two Masters wins with the ups, so that's how good he is. Yeah, pretty good ball striker. Yeah. Still a great ball striker. I mean, he, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. He hits it just as good as he ever had out, out on the senior tour. Pretty much. So they got their first major coming up this week of the year. Yeah, they're, where are they playing? Bell Reeve? Sounds right. It's in what, St. Louis? St. Louis, Bell Reeve. Uh, some of my friends have been telling me the course is long, lots of rough, going to be high scores. Um, I only played in one senior PG. I played at Oak Hill in Rochester in, nice. in May, and it was cold. I mean, it was colder than it is here, cold, in upstate New York. Yeah, so, can be. Yeah. <laughs> Spring in New York, you never know. Never know. Interesting. Well, we got uh, Corey Pavin. That was kind of interesting. Did you see he, instead of trying to win his first major on the senior tour, is going to play Colonial? It's his choice. Colonial is probably an easier golf course for him to play. It's going to be his 30th consecutive start there. Yeah, that's probably the reason. And, um, you know, the Colonial. They like never you said, get... it's a course. If he's going to play on tour, that's the one to play. Well, exactly. And, and they never grow the rough up terrible there. I mean, it's too early in the season to get really bad rough at Colonial. And, and, uh, you know, it fits his game excellently. And 30 consecutive years at anything is pretty impressive. For sure. Hogan's Alley. I kind of like Duffner again, if he can just make a couple putts. Uh, okay, you can have Duffner. I can have Duffner. <laughs> I was looking at his swing back-to-back with Hogan's, and uh, there's definitely some resemblance there. Yeah, I saw, I saw, that, uh, I saw that take somewhere um, on, online and, uh, you know, uh, I knew Jason. Jason was playing the the nationwide tour when I was getting ready for the Champions Tour, and mm-hmm. I got to. Uh, I was there when he won back to back times on the nationwide tour. Right. And uh, you know, just um, he's an interesting guy. Uh, if you can engage him in a conversation, <laughs> yeah. If he chooses to talk to you, yeah. So if he chooses to talk, use your words, Jason. Yeah, he's funny. He's funny. He's definitely a character. I like him. He, you know, he, he got good all of a sudden. I mean, he's a super consistent ball striker. He really wasn't that good going into Auburn. He wasn't a great junior player in South Florida, and yeah, he's definitely blossomed the last year or two. Well, that just this just shows you, you know, if if you look at uh, the talent code by Daniel Coyle, uh-huh. it explains how people get good. And I think he just got to that critical mass in his game where he kept pursuing it, kept pursuing it, kept pursuing it, and he and it finally just. He just yeah, got excellent at it. He stuck in. He just got excellent at it. Yeah, yeah. It's a different, different looking waggle, different looking swing. But uh, yeah, 
Like I yep. said, I think he could have a good week. See if you can make any putts. That's like Schwartzel last week. I mean, he was the best ball striker by far, but he couldn't get it in the hole. If you can't putt, you know, you're not going to win. Yeah, Charles got one of those swings that I use as a model on my V1. So Exactly. Yeah, I like his game a lot. His putting yeah. stroke, too. I mean, it all looks good. Yeah. Yeah, but he was snake bit. He had more edges and still was right there with tied for third or close to it. Well, in the end, and this is what I told the Kelly Walsh kids last year as they kept coming to me. In the end, the team, the individual chips and putts the best. He's the one who wins. Because yep. we can, it's a relatively easy thing to get somebody proficient hitting the ball. Yeah, you can get close to the green at least. In the end, you have to learn how to get it up and down, and how to make putts to uh, to score, and that's how we get paid. It's the name of the Quite game. Simple. That's how we get paid. Yeah, and saying Moon Bay, he was calm over the putter all week, and I mean, going back to Keegan Bradley last week, that sixty was impressive. But I don't know how he gets amped up every shot the way he does. What do you think about how twitchy and how you know? the the idiosyncrasies of his uh, pre-shot routine and whatnot. Do you have any thoughts on that? I have a couple thoughts on it. One of them is he probably comes from a culture um, that um, uh, trying harder and focusing in more is the way you succeed. And that may or may not work. Sangmu Bay comes from a culture that's very quiet, very compliant, very uh, orderly. Um, And so sometimes you see um, that come to the forefront. You see it all the time on the women's tour. Um, they just, uh, the, the Korean uh, culture dominates on the, on the women's tour. Well, you saw again uh, at, the, at the Baron Nelson that the Korean way of life suits itself to golf. No, I agree. It's yeah. quiet, it's compliant, it's very composed, uh, tactical. Composed. Yeah, exactly. Whereas you know, you know, if you're a Boston Red Sox fan, it's yeah, he's like, amped up. That wasn't just a strike; that was on the outside corner. That's what he's saying every shot. It's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, and, and he's and, twitching and looking at it with that side eye, and oh man, it's hard to watch. Well, it, it's it's kind of fun to watch in a way too, because he's he's still, I think, statistically the number one player on the PJ Tour as far as all around stat. Yeah, his ball striking's been good this year, and he's been that way for a couple of years now. So. Yeah, you know, he can hit a golf ball. He's got the course record at three crowns. I heard that. First time he played it. It was an open qualifier, I believe, 63 or something. I heard that. That's what I've heard also. Well, anything else on your mind this week? No, that's about it. i just uh, rolling right along doing what I do here at the three crowns. And, uh, you know, I've got a long summer in front of me. Uh, May's almost to the end. And in June, everything changes. If kids are out of school and I'll be swamped, I'll be buried with kids and Good summer programs. No, I like yeah. it. I like that you're getting the juniors and the girls involved. Well, Chris, you know as well as I do that you cannot learn golf in you know one hour a week. You sure. need to play all day, every day. Just keep going. Just keep uh, flying right along and, and work every day to be good at golf. And that's, that's, that's the kind of program I got going here. So it's kind of fun. I like the program. I like the juniors getting involved. I feel bad for these guys that come out and try to start golf at 35. So starting young is definitely important, too. Oh, I, I hope they come out and start at 35. Yeah, we they do that too, too, but it does look like a struggle. Yeah. <laughs> a little more of a struggle. Well, I appreciate you coming on the golf show. If people want to hear more of you, you do the Sunday night show with Greg Crawford, the CEO Golf Show. Right. That's on um, Blog Talk Radio. Find the, that on Blog Talk. Yeah. the um, Night Eastern on Sunday nights. That's correct. And, you know, 9 o'clock on the Pacific. And Greg and I talk golf. So it's been a lot of fun. It's pretty entertaining. I like your perspective. Thanks. All right. Have a good week. Okay, Chris, you too.
Tak til selv. Tak. Bye.